he's only 39. Our babies now don't have a dad. It, you can't say I'm young and it won't affect me because it will. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am. Stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Here I am from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso and Eugene's KEPW. Lancaster, Pennsylvania's WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950 KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the Internet, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio. Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk. Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow. Says me. From bradblog.com, thank you very much for joining us. Welcome to the Bradcast, helping to make you and me moderately smarter Five days a week. Uh, glad you could be with us today. I just want to sort of get this right out of the way, right out, right at the top here. For those who may have missed this tweet on Friday, and you know, before things get sort of grim with what we're going to talk about, hope to take your calls here uh, in a little bit on on uh, well, all sorts of things I'll get to. But this tweet from the number three member of the House GOP leadership in the U.S. House of Representatives, Elise Stefanik, the one uh, who was recently promoted to that position by the House GOP caucus after they voted to remove Liz Cheney because she told the truth and stuff about the January 6th insurrection and Trump's big lie, claiming without any evidence at all that the election was stolen from him. So Elise Stefanik tweeted on Friday, the number three Republican in the U.S. House. She tweeted along with an article marking the anniversary of Lyndon Johnson's signing of uh, Medicare into law in 1965. She writes, quote, today's anniversary of Medicare and Medicaid reminds us to reflect on the critical role these programs have played to protect the health care of millions of families. To safeguard our future, we must reject socialist health care schemes. Yes, that's what she actually tweeted, Desi Doyen. It's almost like she doesn't understand what Medicare, Medicaid, and socialism are. Do you think? 
So, yes, uh, thank God for Medicare and Medicaid. But other than that, we must reject socialist health care schemes. Oh, my God. Anyway, uh, that's the uh, that's the party and the politicians that the nation is now forced to deal with on pretty much everything. That's the party that Democrats in Congress are forced to try and work with. I wish them all the luck in the world. Ted Lieu, Congressman, Democratic Congressman from California, tweeted in response to Stefanik, said, I agree with Elise Stefanik. We should reject socialist socialist health care schemes and support Medicare for all. You tell her, Ted. Uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman from New York, also retweeted Stefanik's tweet and added, totally agree. In fact, to further protect Medicare from socialism, let's strengthen it to include dental, vision, hearing and mental health care and then allow all Americans to enjoy its benefits. Trust me, she tweeted, Medicare for all is the number one thing you can do to own the socialists. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, That's what Democrats have to deal with in the U.S. House. And again, that is the third ranking Republican in the House leadership. Unbelievable. All right. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I opened the phone lines uh, to hear from unvaccinated listeners to try and learn why they have refused to take the free, widely available, effective, life-saving vaccines. Today, I'd like to try a variation on that, as as many more Americans seem to be coming to their senses. Not enough, but many more uh, in recent weeks are coming to their senses and are now getting their shots after all with the rise of the Delta variant that seems to have scared some people. That's probably a good thing. So uh, more Americans are now getting vaccinated again. Not enough, but many more than were at the time that we opened the phones a couple of weeks ago on this. Um, Just as the Delta variant uh, was beginning to wreak havoc and the rates of infections and hospitalizations and deaths of the unvaccinated were just beginning to surge. I think, uh, as I recall, it was something like a 55 percent increase nationwide from the week prior. Well, this week, it's about double that. In any event, now I would love to hear from previously unvaccinated folks who may have decided in the last week or three to, yeah, go ahead and finally get their shots. Why? What 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 was it that changed your mind in recent weeks to make you want to do that? Um, you know, that, that what what is it that pushed you over to deciding it was better to get the shots after all? My phone number we'll get to in a bit. My phone number is 818-985-5735 if you want to line up right now. Uh, more on that in a moment. But I also want to note, since we've been also following this uh, closely, uh, over the weekend, the bipartisan group of U.S. senators who have come together on a $1 trillion infrastructure package released some of the legislative details, finally, of that package that they hope to see passed by the Senate Before weeks end, before this week ends, before they then scram for their August vacation, which sounds really nice. Uh, Anyway, this package is the smaller of two that both uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi have vowed to pass as a pair. Uh, That, along with the much larger, so far, $3.5 trillion 
jobs, health care, child care, climate and other human infrastructure package to be adopted in a likely Democrats only budget reconciliation bill that can pass under Senate rules with a simple majority. If all the Democratic if all of the Democratic senators play along and all of the independent ones who caucus with the Democrats, uh, they can pass that three point five trillion dollar bill without the need for any Republicans at all, much less the 10 that would be needed to overcome a filibuster. So those two bills. Uh, if Democrats and Joe Biden can pull them off, that one trillion dollar bipartisan bill, the three point five trillion dollar um, uh, Democrats only bill, if they can pull this off, this would amount to the largest federal government outlay for such programs since FDR's New Deal. It would be huge. It would be an extraordinary accomplishment for both Democrats and the Biden administration's agenda. Now, I know that a lot of uh, progressives wanted to see an even larger bill, and I hope they continue to fight for that. Um, but uh, Bernie Sanders, who's in charge of the Senate Budget Committee, uh, ended up uh, sort of striking a deal to come to this $3.5 trillion. He says it's a huge deal. I'll accept his word on that. Uh, but there is still a long way to go and a lot of potential landmines to be avoided along the way before we get to this extraordinary accomplishment. For now, however, the smaller bipartisan package, uh, for, formerly named, I think, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, it focuses mostly on so-called hard infrastructure like roads and bridges, but also the electrical grid, uh, lead pipes and much more. It was uh, largely wrapped up over the weekend. The details on this and it will come to the floor for debate and amendments this week uh, and hopefully passage before week's end. And though I describe it as smaller than the three point five trillion dollar package, because it is, it's actually a pretty huge uh, investment, uh, unlike any that this nation, frankly, has seen in about 100 years in many regards. The uh, proposal clocks in at some 2,700 pages as of Sunday night, calls for $550 billion in new spending over five years, that above projected federal levels. Senators and staff reportedly uh, labored and fought behind the scenes for days to write this massive bill, which was supposed uh, to be ready on Friday. But by Sunday, uh, even more problems were caught and changes were made over the long weekend of starts and stops. Schumer repeatedly warned that he was prepared to keep lawmakers in D.C. for as long as it took to complete the votes on both this bipartisan uh, plan and the, blood, the budget blueprint that is needed to allow the Senate to begin work later in the year on the massive $3.5 trillion social health and environmental bill to be adopted through a majority vote in reconciliation. But among the major new investments in this bipartisan bill, $110 billion for roads and bridges, $40 billion for bridges is the single largest dedicated bridge investment since the construction of the interstate highway system. $39 billion for public transit. That money would uh, be used to modernize bus and subway fleets, bring new service to communities. That's about $10 billion less than senators uh, who had originally negotiated on this had originally hoped for. So that came down a little bit. $66 billion for passenger and freight, ra uh, freight rail. 
The money would be used to reduce Amtrak's maintenance backlog, improve uh, the uh, uh, track 450-mile-long Northeast Corridor and other routes as well. It is the largest investment in Amtrak since its creation. $7.5 billion for electric vehicle charging stations which are critical to uh, accelerating the use of electric vehicles to curb climate change. Seven and a half billion dollars for those charging stations. Desi, is that enough? That is not enough, but it's enough to get started. And that's the important thing is uh, the idea is that you you lay out this seed money, as it were, mm-hmm. and, and get these processes rolling. And then hopefully there will be more money coming through the budget reconciliation package. But in that absence, this will get it started. Five billion for the purchase of electric school buses. And hybrids. Reducing, that is huge. Yeah, I agree. Reducing uh, the reliance on buses that run on diesel. Uh, Which also, by the way, yeah. helps protect kids' lungs. Oh yeah, that's from that's, all that pollution. That's a nice thing too, yeah. isn't it? Uh, Seventeen billion for ports, twenty-five billion for airports, fifty for this is huge. Fifty-five billion for water and wastewater infrastructure, including funding to replace all of the nation's service lines that use toxic lead pipes. That is also huge, as I see it. $65 billion to expand broadband Internet access, which is a particular problem in rural and tribal, uh, rural, rural areas and tribal communities. $21 billion for cleaning up Superfund and Brownfield sites to reclaim and restore abandoned mine lands and to cap obsolete gas wells. That's huge. $73 billion for modernizing the nation's electric grid and expanding the use of renewable energy, which is also key to working toward mitigation from our ongoing climate emergency. So a lot of good stuff. And this is the smaller, the way smaller of the two packages. Now, last week, 17 GOP senators joined all of the Democrats to start work on this bill to vote to do so. That, that uh, support has largely held. Republican leader Mitch McConnell even voted in favor of this. What's his game? Now I'm against it. Um, anyway, uh, in theory, this is to help nudge uh, uh, his uh, caucus to voting in support of this. Whether the number of Republican senators willing to pass the full bill Uh, grows or shrinks from that original 17 uh, last week, well, we will see after everything is hashed out, after amendments are added. The bipartisan bill still faces a rough road in the U.S. House because progressive lawmakers, they want more in that package, but they may have to settle for this one as is in order to keep Biden's plans on track. In theory, whatever is not included in the smaller bipartisan bill could be added to the larger three and a half trillion dollar Democrats only bill. The outcome with the bipartisan effort will set the stage then for the uh, next part of this for the next the three point five trillion dollar package that includes broad programs uh, such as the expansion of child care, child tax credits and uh, tax breaks, as well as tax increases for the wealthy And corporations to help pay for all of this. The largest expansion of Medicare since its inception. Sorry about that, Elise Stefanik. 
Yes, more socialist health care is coming. Oh, no, wait, it's Medicare. It's not socialist at all. She loves that. Great. Also, uh, expansion of the uh, Affordable Care Act, free community college for all, for, uh, pre, free pre-K education for all. So Republicans strongly oppose that larger bill, but that's okay because it would only require a simple majority of Democrats for passage, but that requires that all of the Democrats play along. And yes, I'm talking to you, Kirsten Cinema of Arizona. But over in the House, Nancy Pelosi has said she will not bring either of these two bills up for a uh, up for a vote on the floor until both of them have been adapt, uh, adopted by the Senate. So much more to come on that uh, impossible legislative miracle that Democrats and Joe Biden are trying to uh, pull off if it happens, if it all works its way through Congress. But I want to give you an update on where things stand at this moment. Uh, and I've been, I've been trying to get to more of the politics of this thing and how the uh, theoretically Democratic Senator Kirsten Cinema, the lead Democratic negotiator on the bipartisan bill, how she is now threatening to tank the much larger three and a half trillion dollar bill. But guess what? Her bill will also be tanked if she doesn't play along. Um, she is also becoming wildly unpopular in her own home state of Arizona in the bargain. Uh, maybe we'll get into that another day. Uh, I'm going to push that off for now because, once again, I want to get your calls today regarding COVID and the vaccines. To that end, the country has hit another grim milestone as of Friday. Really, it's a grim deja vu all over again, I guess, reporting more than 100,000 new daily coronavirus infection cases on Friday, according to data from the CDC, a number that has not been seen since February of this year before the coronavirus vaccines were widely available. So, yes, we're moving in the wrong direction. New daily reported deaths have gone up by 33 percent and hospitalizations by 46 percent. On average, in the last seven days, that compared to the week before, according to the CDC. Although forecasts are uh, tricky and cannot account for <clears throat> for new variants, Washington Post notes that disease experts predict as many as 140,000 to 300,000 cases a day in the United States uh, once we get deeper into August, likely fueled by the more transmissible Delta variant and the widespread resumption of normal activities. The virus is infecting mostly unvaccinated people, even if headline-grabbing breakthrough cases in vaccinated people are emerging as well. We got news late today that Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina is now infected. Uh, he was, says that he was vaccinated, and while he uh, says he's feeling mild symptoms, he says those symptoms would be much worse had he not been vaccinated. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the White House chief medical advisor, on Sunday issued a dire warning as the country experiences spikes in COVID cases amid the spread of the Delta variant, especially among the unvaccinated. During an interview on ABC News uh, on Sunday, Fauci was asked by Jonathan Carl whether he foresees more lockdowns 
or if he sees current surges in COVID cases as just a temporary setback. John, I don't think we're going to see lockdowns. I think we have enough of the percentage of people in the country, not enough to crush the outbreak, but I believe enough to not allow us to get into the situation we were in last winter. But things are going to get worse. If you look at the acceleration of the number of cases, the seven-day average has gone up substantially. You know, what we really need to do, John, we say it over and over again, and it's the truth. We have 100 million people in this country who are eligible to be vaccinated, who are not getting vaccinated. We are seeing an outbreak of the unvaccinated. There are some breakthrough infections among vaccinated. You expect that because... No vaccine is 100% effective, but in the breakthrough infections, they are mostly mild or without symptoms, whereas the unvaccinated, who have a much, much, much greater chance of getting infected in the first place, are the ones that are vulnerable to getting severe illness that might lead to hospitalization and, in some cases, death. So we're looking not, I believe, to lockdown, but we're looking to some pain and suffering in the future because we're seeing the cases go up, which is the reason why we keep saying over and over again, the solution to this is get vaccinated and this would not be happening. So uh, pain and suffering ahead, but maybe a the barest thread of good news there. Maybe uh, we'll see. Fauci has changed course before as the science has changed, uh, but that he doesn't think We'll be seeing more lockdowns. Maybe we can take some good news from that, at least not widespread lockdowns in the future. But this is going to get much worse before it gets better, because a huge segment of the population, mostly Trump supporters. But as our callers to this show uh, just a couple of weeks ago proved um, it's it's you know, others as well who aren't Trump supporters are still being misinformed enough to not get vaccinations that would otherwise crush this virus entirely and end this nightmare pandemic once and for all, at least in this country where vaccines are free and safe and effective and plentiful. Now, we've been sharing stories over the past several weeks on this program since the rise of Delta about young people and Trump supporters and their families who have come to regret not getting vaccinated vaccinated when they had the chance. Here is another such story just from today out of Las Vegas via ABC7 here in Los Angeles. Just a couple weeks ago, life was great for Jessica Dupreez. She was on vacation with her fiancé and their five kids, ages 17, 10, 7, 6, and 17 months. Now they are in tears. Dupreez's 39-year-old fiancé, Michael Friedy, is dead. He's only 39. Our babies now don't have a dad. You can't say I'm young and it won't affect me because it will. While on vacation, Freedy forgot to put on some sunscreen. Uh, his sunburn was so bad that he went to the emergency room, and that is where he got a COVID-19 test that came back positive. Dupreez said doctors told him to go home and hydrate and isolate, but then... Monday night, early Tuesday morning, I would say around 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, he uh, wakes me up panicking. He's like, I, I can't breathe. He's like, I know... 
he's like, something's wrong. He's like, I can't breathe. I'm, he's like, I tried to stand up, but I fell over. I'm falling in. I can't, I don't know what we got to go. So I took him to the emergency room. I took him to the dignity health. Just kept telling him, you're going to get through this. You got to come home to us. He was, uh, Dupree's rushed him to the hospital. Uh, he did not come home. He was diagnosed with pneumonia in both lungs. He was transferred to another hospital for treatment. Days later, things took a turn for the worse, and Freedy was transferred to the ICU. Shortly thereafter, he died. 39 years old, the father of five. Freedy was not vaccinated against COVID-19. He and Dupree said that they wanted to wait just one year from the release of the vaccines to see what effects people had. They just wanted to wait it out a little bit longer. She said, uh, we just wanted to watch and kind of see what was going on with everybody. I know there are a lot of people who say the science is there. We just wanted to wait a year from when it started, when it came out and started to be available to people, just to watch and see what people's reactions were to it. We didn't think a year would matter. She thought wrong. She and her oldest son have now both since gotten the vaccine. She has one message for other families. She says, quote, if you're hesitating, it's not worth hesitating for. I'm not going to be able to change anybody's mind, she said, who is directly against it. But those of you who are hesitating and think it can't happen to me because I'm young, well, she says, it can. And then you'll be sitting there wondering why you did it. And you're not going to be able to hug your family again, she said. Uh, and this was not in one of those red southern Trump states. This was out west here. This was a man from Las Vegas. The number of U.S. COVID-19 cases, according to NBC, uh, NBC News's tally late on Sunday night, has now surpassed 35 million as California became the first state to pass Four million, albeit our state is larger than the rest. So our per capita rate is still lower than most states. Nonetheless, the rise in cases here is disturbing. And it led recently to a new mandate here in L.A. County to restore indoor masking requirements because of the sharp spike in cases most severely affecting the unvaccinated. But yes, the vaccinated can carry the same viral load as the unvaccinated. So guess what? We all have to mask indoors now in order to help keep the unvaccinated safe. You're welcome unvaccinated. Anything else we can do for you? Almost 616,800 people have died from the disease nationwide at this point, with deaths beginning to tick back up again and again, almost entirely among the unvaccinated. School kids are returning to the classroom soon. Many of them are too young to be vaccinated. And yet the pandemic is revitalizing. Florida reported 21,683 new cases on Friday alone. That is its highest one day total since the start of the pandemic. That, according to federal health data released over the weekend, this is a state where its governor and presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis is proud of the laws that he signed to prevent local mask mandates or vaccine requirements for any, uh, you know, any company at all that operates in the Sunshine State is not allowed to have a vaccine requirement. 
Good work, Governor. Now the Sunshine State has about one-fourth of all of the cases in this country, and their hospitals are reaching, actually, they're reaching capacity, and they are higher now than any time during the entire pandemic in the state of Florida, even though there are plentiful vaccines that people could have taken to avoid all of this. Authorities and health experts stress that the vaccine, uh, the vaccines remain remarkably effective at preventing serious illness and death, even with the Delta variant. Now, over the past two weeks, the stories of similar tragedies coming out of southern states like Alabama and Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri have led at least to an uptick, an uptick finally in people finally getting vaccinated in some of those states. More than 4.7 million Americans are newly vaccinated in just the past two weeks as misgivings about shots based on ideology, apathy or fear have now taken a backseat to the desire to protect themselves and their loved ones. At least for those 4.7 million Americans, there's still a lot to go. More than 856,000 doses were administered on Friday alone. That's the highest daily figure since the beginning of July, according to Washington Post's vaccine tracker. This is the third week that states with the highest numbers of coronavirus cases also had the highest vaccination numbers, according to the White House. Vaccine-hesitant pockets of the country turned hotspots are now at the vanguard, including Louisiana, which experienced a 114 percent increase in uptake of vaccine, according to the CDC. Arkansas recorded a 96 percent increase. This is good news. Alabama, 65 percent. Missouri, well, 49 percent. Just 49. Missouri, really? Come on, man, that's my old home state. What are you doing, Missouri? Desi's old home state of Texas last week reported its highest single-day vaccination administration in a month. The numbers, while still far from peak earlier this year, they're still more than 25% higher than a month ago. So there's that, Des. I'm I'm glad to hear it. That's important for uh, more people to get vaccinated, but it still, to me, is uh, just mind-boggling that people are choosing not to still. I agree. As the early promise of a coronavirus-free summer has given way now to new mask mandates and other restrictions that are back, public hostility toward vaccine holdouts is spurring accusations of political grandstanding and ignorance and selfishness. This week, California Governor Gavin Newsom blamed low vaccination rates, I would say appropriately, in uh, in some areas on misinformation by a, quote, right wing echo chamber naming individuals, including Fox News host Tucker Carlson. And yes, I agree. They should be named. They should be shamed because they are killing people. And guess what? By the way, Tucker Carlson is absolutely vaccinated himself. He just wants you to have concerns about it. He just wants you to be hesitant, you to not be sure, you to risk your life so that he and his pals can make money. But because I'm in a generous mood, I'm, I'm going to call it good news that the vaccination numbers are up, even though it has taken more death and tragedy to see that happen. And yes, here in L.A., Washington Post reports on various people who are now finally Getting the shots, Hector Medina, 28 years old, said he hadn't been particularly worried about it because uh, he thought he was young and healthy and friends who had been infected had recovered. 
But his parents, who he sees about once a week, they were vaccinated earlier this year and they've been pressing him to do the same. He says every time he goes to visit them, they're pushing me and they're pushing me. So he finally went to Kaiser Permanente's walk-up clinic in Hollywood and he got the shots. Anador Velasco, 66, and his wife, Marta Silva, 67, they left that same walk-up clinic in good spirits after getting their second shots. It meant that they were one step closer to being able to visit their families in Mexico and El Salvador. Silva's uh, three sons in El Salvador all contracted the virus. Luckily, they survived. Velasco said that he and his wife delayed getting the shots because she had heard friends complain of feeling sick afterwards. Uh, He said, we've kind of been uncomfortable with that, so that's why we waited until almost the last minute. 12-year-old Shannon Alcantar also was unsure that she wanted to get the vaccine, largely because of the baseless reports that she saw online that it would make her arm magnetic. It won't. Now she's fully vaccinated. She's excited to be able to go back to school to see her friends and to do fun things again. She said it's been really hard not having friends, not talking to anyone. So I am curious, those of you who have been hesitant to get your shots, but may now finally have done so over the past week or or several weeks, what what is it that tipped you over the edge to go ahead and get them? I'm at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK. Is there something that you were hesitant, you weren't sure, something you heard, something you saw, something you decided that said made you say, yeah, you know what, I think I need to get them now? I'd love to hear from you. 818-985-KPFK. And in particular, if any of those folks, by the way, who called in a couple of weeks ago to the show uh, to explain why they were not getting their shots, if any of you folks who called in who have now since done so, I would really love to hear from you. Uh, 818-985-KPFK. Today at uh, bradblog.com, for those of you who have long been vaccinated, I've got a question for you as well. At Bradblog.com today, our legal analyst, Ernie Canning, published a story on the legal case for compulsory vaccinations. So far, only private companies have done that. But last week, Joe Biden mandated that federal employees and contractors must either get their shots or face regular testing and social distancing and a ban on travel for work purposes. So. From those who have gotten vaccinated, I'd, I'd love to hear from you as well. 818-985-5735. Would you like to see the state or the federal government mandate inoculations? 818-985-5735. Let's take a quick break here and we will get to some of your calls on all of the above straight ahead. I'm Brad Friedman and this is the world famous Bradcast. <laughs> What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. back 
It's the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Uh, as noted Brad, at, uh, at uh, bradblog.com today, legal analyst Ernie Canning explains that back in 1775, General George Washington ordered the entire Continental Navy to get inoculation shots. In 1777, he ordered the entire Continental Army to do the same. In 1905, the Supreme Court ruled that compulsory shots to protect against smallpox in a city ordinance in Cambridge, Massachusetts, that those were constitutional. Not unlike a 1987 ruling that rejected an effort to contest uh, uh, Texas's mandatory seatbelt law because they held um, that the law bore, quote, a, r- a rational relationship to reducing injuries and or fatalities in traffic accidents. So would you like to see a vaccination mandate at this point at the either the, the state level or the federal level? It appears to be perfectly constitutional and legal and, yes, in line with what our founders, at least what George Washington wanted for the entire Continental Navy and Continental Army. 818-985-5735. And for those who are only recently decided to have finally gotten vaccinated, I want to hear from you the most because I am very curious. What was it that changed your mind? Why were you hesitant this whole time? And now you're thinking in the last few weeks, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get it. What was it that tipped you over? Let me go to uh, the phones right now. 818-985-KPFK. Mike in Los Angeles. Hey, Mike, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. I uh, just wanted to note that uh, Washington uh, may have gotten all the uh, soldiers and sailors vaccinated in 1775, mm-hmm. but soldiers and sailors today still have to get vaccinated. Yep. It's not a matter of whether they want to. Mm-hmm. And anyone who goes into health care, even as a student, if they're going to be around patients, they yep. have to get vaccinated with uh, rubella and mm-hmm. uh, MMR and various other uh, interesting little uh, cocktails. Mm-hmm. And there's not much of a question that this is a minimum requirement for taking care of patients. Yep. Uh, I, by the way, anybody who wants to start getting up on a soapbox about patient rights, I highly recommend that they go look at the history of typhoid Mary and find mm. out what really can happen to people yeah. who insist on the right to infect everybody else yeah. around them. And I assume you are uh, well vaccinated, Mike? Yes, I got my uh, uh, COVID shot as soon as I can because I'd been following all the data on it and knew that it was appropriate. Thank you. Uh, I retired from uh, a career where I was taking care of people with respiratory infections mm-hmm. and uh, people who need a life support and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So I knew that uh, all the indications were that this vaccine was very good. And uh, I just want to point out to anyone who's at all hesitant about getting vaccinated that the new double dog Delta variant is a real MF. Yeah. Um, there's a what we call a R naught factor for infectious diseases mm-hmm. and goes from zero up to 10 or 12. And the second most uh, infectious respiratory disease offhand is uh, the chickenpox or varicella. Mm-hmm. And it's so infectious, in fact, that you can be somebody walking down on the sidewalk. Uh, and somebody up in the second floor of a building above you coughs and there's an open window and you end up getting infected 
yep. with the chicken pox. Thanks, Mike. And, uh, uh, yeah, and Delta that's ex- almost that bad. Delta is that bad, that infectious. Uh, thanks, Mike. I do appreciate that call. 818-985-5735. By the way, Ernie Canning notes that morally... Uh, as well as legally, the case for mandating both COVID vaccinations and mask wearing is far more compelling than that seatbelt law that was upheld in uh, in Texas, uh, where they were there was a challenge to it, and uh, they were you know found that no, the government has a, a rational reason to require it. He says it's uh, the the vaccines are more. Um, compelling in a, in a moral sense than the seatbelt laws, because if you if you wear a seatbelt, the person most likely to be hurt, if you don't wear a seatbelt, the person most likely to be hurt is you. But if you f- refuse to receive a COVID vaccine or to wear a mask, your, what he writes, your self-centered decision places others at risk of contracting a deadly disease. Others. Widespread refusals, he says, help perpetuate COVID and increase the likelihood of breakthrough mutations, variants that could potentially defeat the protections offered by the original vaccines that we all for now think keep us safe. But maybe not if the uh, virus continues to mutate. Let me go to Kathy in Studio City. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Brad. How are you? I'm okay. You're a registered nurse. Are you seeing an uptick in cases? Well, I'm not currently working in a hospital, but actually I did have the pleasure of uh, vaccinating lots, hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously I'm a big proponent of the vaccination. Thank you. Thank and you very much for doing that, Kathy. Yes. Yes, it was the best job I ever had. <laughs> Getting those vaccine in those in people's arms. Okay, good. Big, but the and I'm so glad that you're, you know, bringing this up today because I'm getting to the point where I'm downright angry yep. at these non-vaxxers. And I also, you know, I, I there's two things. I wish that there was not that they would do it, but I wish there was like the one eight hundred number that people could call and say, hey. I'm afraid. I don't want to mm. get the vaccine. Well, why don't you? Well, because it's going to shift my DNA. I mean, which is not true. But the, to have is not true. But have but so, a hotline that you could get answers to these questions, these concerns uh, from reliable yeah. medical experts. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, because the information is out there on the internets. But, you know, everyone is so siloed into their own worlds via social media that you're going to hear, you know, what you want to hear. And you're going to be fed more of that crap over and over instead of actual facts. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, I just I haven't really had the pleasure of having any conversations with people that were anti-vaxxers. But I just anytime I hear of a friend of a friend, I always say, well, have you had a discussion with them? Do you want to ask them what they're so fearful of? I mean, you know, you just hear the same thing over and over. I the saw fact that people. I, I, Kathy, yeah. I, saw, I, I saw someone recommend today, if you're unsure, if you're hesitant, call your doctor and ask them. Sure. And if yeah. they say, yes, it's perfectly safe, and you're not willing to take their advice, then maybe you need to find a new doctor. Why are you going with that doctor? Right. Thank you. Or, you know, and also, what about television? I mean, I don't see that many uh, public service announcements. That, mm. You know, even if they did like a animation where they show the mRNA and the 
you know, the proteins on the cell and how mm-hmm. DNA is stored inside the cell, but the COVID, you know, virus or vaccine cannot get inside the cell. Something visual for these people. Yeah. Anything. But I feel like we're, we're totally, you know, stopping short of, of educating people that really need to be educated. I hear you. I hear you, Kathy. Thank you. Working on it. Doing the best. (laughs) Thank you. You too, Kathy. Thank you. And thank you for helping to get shots in people's arms. Let's go to Nick in Hemet. Hey, Nick. uh, Welcome to the brand. Again, our phone number 818-985-5735. Still looking for people who were hesitant but recently got shots and I want to know why. And Des, have we had any of those callers yet? Anyone who has? We have not. We have not. All right, Nick in Hemet. Hey, Nick, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, how you doing, man? Hanging in there. Go ahead. You're on the air, sir. I'm one of those guys that is so anti, man. It, it, you wouldn't believe it. I have to every day. I have to walk the streets and hold my rage at the absolute you know, deception being propagated on people. You know what the latest conspiracy theory is? They want everyone to get one of these vaccination mm-hmm. little um, uh, uh, things that you can read, and they can get into all your accounts, your health account, your health Yeah, there's, account, and so Nick, that, this, is, this is completely yeah. untrue, you realize, right? What? So are you, are you vaccinated, Nick? No, man, there's no way over my dead body, brother. Why would you? Well, if you know that these things are untrue, why would you not get vaccinated, Nick? Who says they're untrue? What didn't you? you... I married for many. I married for many years. One of the best naturopaths in the country. Yeah. And all these people, man, like Kennedy and Mikovits and all these people in high places in the yeah. In the, WHO and everything. Yeah. They're raging against these vaccines. No, actually, they are not, Nick. Uh, I'm sorry. The WHO is not raging against it. And I'm not going to let you spread. Listen, Nick, we had a call. We had a show. Nick, be quiet for Nick. Be quiet. We had a call. We had a show two a couple of weeks ago where I called and asked people why they were not taking the shots. That's not what I'm asking today, and I don't want to use this show to spread lies and nonsense. So we're not going to spread nonsense that the WHO is against the vaccine. They ain't, Nick. Yeah. I didn't say that. I okay. said Mikovits worked for the WHO, got fired. Okay. So All right, Nick. I hope, I really hope you're careful out there. I really hope you don't get sick, and I really hope you don't make someone else sick. System. Yeah. I have a strong okay. immune system. Yeah. I don't need to worry about that. That's what because the guy, that's what the, that's what the 39-year-old father of five who just died in Las Vegas days ago also thought. Hamburgers and hot dogs. Thanks, Nick. Bye. Okay, let's go to, uh, where am I, Karen in Oakland. Hey, Karen, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, hi. Uh, just First of all, I was vaccinated two months ago, and I already got the, a text message from the health department saying I'm eligible to get one of those gift cards. A, a gift card to get, what does a gift card get you, Karen? Uh, the $50 gift card, I can choose that, or I can uh, get a discount ticket to uh, 
was at uh, Six Flags. All right, Great. sweet. See, you got. Oh. I got nothing when I took. I got nothing for taking my shots, other than I don't have to die from the coronavirus. What a ripoff, uh, Karen. Was there a particular reason that you decided that you were against uh, getting it at first, and then you decided to go ahead and get it, or did you get it just as soon as you could? Uh, get it as soon as I could. I had some uh, other issues, uh, health issues, but uh, I was able mm-hmm. to get one in June. But I want to call about that five-year-old boy that uh, died in uh, Georgia that was in the news, from, died from COVID. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, in all the coverage of it, uh, I happened to die in uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene's district, by the way. Mm. Uh, I did not see any reference to whether his parents were vaccinated. Mm. They said they were just uh, surprised that he caught it and that he died at the young age. And it never said that uh, after what happened that they would get shots. And uh, I was curious if there was any follow-up. Yeah, you know, I did not... Yeah, I'm not familiar with the details of that particular story, though, you know, when I hear you talk about it and I hear that guy, Nick, talking about how wonderful his immune system is uh, and his belief, like we've heard so many other stories, young people with great immune systems, athletes who ended up dying from this. You know, I, 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 I then think about this five-year-old you're talking about and wonder, was it someone like Nick who gave the goddamn virus to a five-year-old that killed them? Because the kids at five can't take the vaccine. And so, you know, those of us who think we have strong immune systems and, oh, we'll be fine even if we get it, well, we end up spreading it to people who can't take virus. And by the way, there are people who are immunocompromised for various reasons. Uh, who who can't take the vi- vaccine, who are old enough, but they can't do it, involuntarily unvaccinated, so to speak. Um, okay, so cancer patients so in treatment. Yeah, go ahead. Quick. Okay, so, so I just want to say before I go to uh, get the shot, just uh, for you know, for the kids' sake, for the uh, tweens and toddlers out out there. Yep. You know. Yeah. Uh, please do. Thanks, Karen. I agree. Okay. Appreciate it. Good to hear from you. Let me take a quick break here. We'll come back with, uh, oh, we have someone who decided to get vaccinated recently. Voe, I think, is his or her name. We will get to her first thing after a quick break here. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening. Oh, wait, our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to the Bradcast. Hey, this is Brad Please consider supporting whichever progressive media outlet is serving you. Most, just like us, do not receive corporate or political support. We all need your support to keep up the resistance, now more than ever. From Desi Doyen and myself, thank you. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Keep yourself alive. 818-985-KPFK. Looks like we finally got some callers who want to explain why they finally decided to get vaccinated. Bowie, I think, is how you pronounce his or her name in Riverside. Uh, Welcome to the Bradcast, Bowie. Hi. Hi. I've I've only got a minute or two for a bunch of people. So what what happened? What made you decide to get vaccinated, Bowie? 
Okay. Well, first, first, um, I appreciate your show. So I'm going to say that real quick. Thank you. Uh, and two, I was really hesitant. Again, I guess the same as a 39-year-old gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just wanted to see what happened with everybody. I have daughters. I have five daughters that uh, I want them to have healthy babies in the future mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I was really hesitant to give them anything and put anything in their bodies. And um, they're 22. They're in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So I was telling them, a big advocate, don't get it, don't get it. You're going to have babies. We don't know what it's going to do. I think there was uh, something that we were taking back in the 50s, 30s that were that we didn't know was bad and was creating all these um, abnormal babies being born. So that mm-hmm. was my big deal with that. Um, but uh, my neighbor, uh, my neighbor is 42, mm-hmm. uh, runner. Uh, no smoker, didn't drink, annoyingly healthy, uh, and he he's in the hospital currently in the mm-hmm. ICU because we were on the same boat. Yeah, no, no, we're going to see what happens. No, we'll give them two years. Let them figure it out. Let all these testers, you know, get the shot, and and that's where we were. Yeah. Um, and uh, then he got it, and not only him, but we were listening on the news. This other kind of strain popped out, whatever, and we were still kind of like, oops. And he has younger ones. He has younger ones mm. going to middle school. Yeah. So he was kind of like, no, should I? I'm going to throw them in the wolves with the, all these people that are not vaccinated. So maybe I should. So we were actually thinking about it when and, he got sick. When he got sick. And by then, and then it's yeah, too late. We all rushed it. Yeah. Everybody rushed it that week when he was moved to the ICU. He's actually in yeah. the ICU now. Oh. Uh, we all rushed it, so all eight of us went in the same day and got the Pfizer. Thanks, Bowie. I appreciate that story, and uh, I, I wish your neighbor the best of luck. There are so many stories that we've been sharing of people who, you know, once they get it, they say, okay, can I get it now? No, sorry, too late. Um, and sometimes it takes somebody you know going to the hospital, Some you know, dying before you get it. Don't be that person. Thanks, Voe. I'm glad you got your shots and you're on your way there. Uh, let me see if I can sneak in just a few more here. Uh, very quickly, everyone, if you don't mind, uh, Gigi in Pasadena. Hey, Gigi, why did you decide to get vaccinated? Quick. Hi, Brad. Hi, I'm Gigi. Make it real quick. Thank you. Um, um, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, after four years of... Um, Trump yeah. and all the, the craziness and disinformation in the last year when COVID hit. And what he did is he was the one that implemented or he was saying, no, it's nothing but the flu, blah, blah, blah. But then towards the, later on, he implemented get, getting the vaccination and it went real quick. And I'm going to be honest, you may have to blip me out. There's no profanity here, but I'm going to be honest. And I thought, okay, he's got the same kinds of people that he put in charge of everything Mm. that don't know what the heck they're doing about anything. And so I can't just go down that rabbit hole that fast. Now we have real adults and human beings, a fully human being, president and vice president, and it makes all the difference in the world. And I got a day before yesterday. I love the two of you very much. Take your next call up. Thank you, Gigi. I appreciate that. Mostly I appreciate that you got vaccinated. Well done, Gigi. Uh, Very quickly, I got about 15 seconds for Diamond in West Hollywood. You got about 15 seconds, Diamond. What you got? Oh, my God, bud. Um, Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for all the people who've gotten vaccinated. I uh, was helping with my 
councilmen getting home vaccinations way back, you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year. And, you know, I have been, I'm a performer. Uh, Diamond's my, my staging. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so I've been doing the whole, you know, staying at home, whatever, not performing, everything like that. And, um, uh, you know, I kind of saw this thing coming. And, uh, you know, a few weeks ago... Running out of time, Diamond. What you got? Really quick. Why? I'm sorry to cut you short, but why, why did you get... Two yeah. people in my building have got COVID now. And it's very difficult for me to listen to people who have excuses because one of them doesn't even care. Mm. And our apartment manager had to read the riot act to them to isolate. Um, And my concern is people who are unvaccinated, they can continue, you know, other people getting getting infected yep. again and again and again. Yep, yep, yep. those of us who live in apartment buildings. Thank you, Diamond. Condos. Thank you, Diamond. Sorry to cut you short. Stay safe. Glad to hear it. Uh, Morris knows how to do 15 seconds. Hey, Mo in Long Beach, what you got for me? Get me out, quick. A drug company's off a TV, Brad, to keep advertisers with bad side effects. Nobody going to trust anything today. Talk to you later. Okay, I missed half of that, but that's all right. We'll get them next time. we got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, Federico Garcia, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it for free anytime at bradblog.com. Drop me email. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. I'll see you there until we see you here next time. Hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. I'm